This episode of the Blackstick Global Podcast is sponsored by Blackstick Global Passport. Join aspiring Black expats, expats, and repats, where you can build community, get resources, and gain support along your journey abroad. You're invited to join Blackstick Global Passport. Inside Passport, you'll find exclusive workshops on everything from expat taxes, financial planning, insurance, job boards, accountability check-ins, and more more. You can even take Passport on the go with our app available for iOS and Android devices. Just click the link in the episode you're listening to or visit blacksitglobal.com and click on Passport. See you inside. I was not going to let this opportunity pass me by. Close your eyes and imagine living a life you love, unapologetic and unbothered, free from daily microaggressions from Karens and Kens, Free from the fear of police brutality and systemic racism. Wouldn't that feel amazing? Now open your eyes. What if I told you that it's possible? Hear inspiring stories and get the actual blueprints from brothers and sisters of the diaspora who are living out their wildest dreams abroad. You've heard the term, now be inspired by the movement. I'm Krishan Wright, and this is Blacksit Global. Well, thank you everyone for joining this episode of the Blacksit Global Podcast. We are moving in a new direction and talking about real ways that you can build a life abroad. And so with that, I thought, who can I talk to? Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with the Stephanie Perry, founder of House Sitter School, who changed careers and lives abroad as a professional house sitter. And she's joining me today on Blacksit Global. Welcome to Blacksit Global, Stephanie. Yes. Thank you so much, Krishan. I'm so excited to be here. We're going to talk about my very favorite subject, and uh, I, I can't wait. Well, your favorite subject is starting to become my favorite subject because, as you know, I am working uh, feverishly <laughs> in preparation for my move abroad in 2023. So for you, let's start at the beginning about your upbringing. Can you talk a little bit about your early days before you made your journey abroad? Sure. I am from exotic Dover, Delaware. (laughs) And uh, my family, my parents and I, my parents are good vacation takers, right? Believe in taking a vacation, go somewhere, whether it's someplace new or someplace old. Travel was always um, a thing that we built into our lives, but also um, my, I saw parents who worked until retirement and then, you know, we're like, okay, now let's try to live it up, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my upbringing was good travel, but, and also like work a lot now and then wait until you're old to have fun, right? Do all the fun <laughs> stuff after you hit this certain magic age number. That's what I thought was going to be my life mm-hmm. for a while. So what was the shift that allowed you to kind of break free from that construct, break the mold and do something completely different? Because much like, even though I didn't grow up in Delaware, <laughs> I have a similar you know, and I think a lot of people can relate to the fact that, you know, you grow up and you're conditioned to think, you know, you work 30 years and you retire at 65, you get a pension or social security or whatever monetary scheme, you know, applies to you and then you have fun. But what they leave out is that your body is now 65 years old mm-hmm. and you don't work as well. <laughs> Healthcare, mm-hmm. at least if you're in the United States, is very expensive you know, you just don't have the same ability. While you might have the income, your energy and all those other things kind of don't follow in the same (laughs) direction. So what was the shift for you? I had a couple of things happen at the same time. And one of them is that my mom retired. She retired at 65. We took a family vacation. My parents and I went to Southern California. We went to Catalina and we, you know, had a nice fun time, but I got to see what it looked like to work until you're 65 and then try to have fun. I got to see her hip, you know, his back, the knee, the this. They, we, I mean, they had a good time. We, they, my parents have fun. They know how to have fun. But 
I got to see that, like, just like you said, your body at some point is not going to be as cooperative as it is today. You might as well take advantage of the advantages that you have today. And one of those advantages is my knees do bend mostly, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Same. (laughs) The closer I I get to the next decade, they may not bend without making noise, but they they do bend. I was like, I would love to do the busted challenge, but my knees sound like a, a potato chip bag. When I'm going, to, it sounds like somebody's eating potato chips every time I bend my knees. Oh, yours too, huh? Okay. So that makes me feel a whole lot better. <laughs> we're not getting younger. Now, not to be a fear monger or anything, but we're not getting younger. So I was like, you know what? I think I want mine now. You know, mm-hmm. I think I want to enjoy the good stuff now. Let's see how we can rework this. So what was that first experience outside of your trip to to visit Catalina and that like what was that first big trip outside the US because some people like totally agree would say oh wow this is what it's like to travel and do which there's nothing wrong with doing domestic travel but kind of stick to the you know the 50 states mm-hmm. you took it a step further and talk a little bit about that I had been traveling solo internationally for a while. I had already been to Spain. I had already been, I had already done some international solo travel because I just, you know, it's like, you know, you can keep waiting for other people, but you're not going to go. I have every, every year, this Facebook post pops up in my memories and it tells me that this is the day that my group trip to Puerto Rico fell through. Right. And I want to say it was like 2004. 2003 and I still haven't been to Puerto Rico (laughs) (laughs) you've been almost everywhere else but Puerto Rico (laughs) still have not been but that was also the day when I was like no more right no more waiting for someone else to join me so I had been so I've done some solo travel internationally and I've done some like I have a ticket booked on this date and you can join me if you'd like I've also Mm. done that kind of travel internationally it was so to me like international travel was wasn't super scary. Um, I know that some people are really scared of it, but by the time I started traveling internationally, we already had like the internet. You know, we already had the resources online, people sharing information online. To you know, so you do, you're not going into some great unknown. You're going someplace that somebody has already told you on TripAdvisor exactly where to go. <laughs> exactly today, you know, and I had always had a love of or desire to want to travel. Um, but because of circumstance, it wasn't not that I had never traveled outside of the the country before. I'd done Canada, but to the extent that I travel, you know, now that wasn't possible, or at least I didn't think it was possible then. And you touched on a great point is your mindset plays a huge role in even being able to vision and imagine what's possible. You know, for me, I had been divorced for multiple years. My kids were getting older. And in my head, my talk track was, oh, you know what? I'll find a boo and then I'll do this. Mm -hmm. And you know, year after year would be like this story, essentially, that I had created for myself, this ideal perfect state that had not occurred. And I remember very distinctly, I was at the Jersey Shore and I was standing at the beach and I said, enough. Like I had been wanting to go to New Zealand my whole life since I was a little girl growing up in the Bronx. And it was at that very moment I had had enough. And I went home from the beach and I bought the ticket. <laughs> you know, And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going by myself. And like you said, TripAdvisor, all of the tools and resources were there, enabled me to plan my vacation. I went, researched, made sure I would be safe traveling solo, and everything was fine. So yeah. I think it's like when you're able to get out of your head, it, well, first recognize that you're in your head. But when you're able to break free of that and just kind of just dare, (laughs) that's where that's where the fun starts. That's where the fun starts. So speaking of fun, you had a career as a pharmacy tech, but now you're a professional house sitter. So I feel there's a story there. I I worked as a hospital pharmacy technician and I worked night shift. And anytime I wanted to take a vacation with the days that I had earned, 
I always have to, I earn these days. This is part of my benefits package, right? But anytime I would request to take specific days off, they'd be like, oh, you can't have this day. Oh, you can't have that day. Asked to take a week off to go to Brazil for my 40th birthday. They gave me three days and not three days in a row, right? (laughs) What? Oh my gosh. No, no. They were the worst about this. I mean, I don't know. I think it's kind of common in healthcare, but they were the worst. Eventually, so I went to Brazil anyway. I had to do a whole lot of finagling. <laughs> I had to do a whole lot of like, can you work this for me? And I'll work this for you. You know, all that. Just to take the days that I had earned. But I get to Brazil and I learned that there are people who don't have trust funds who travel long term on really low amounts of money. I didn't know, like, I seriously did not know until that 40th birthday trip that you could travel on like $1,200 a month and be pretty comfortable in a lot of the world as a, you know, as as one person. I didn't, I didn't even know it existed. Like seriously, you know, because I'm used to paying, you know, you want to stay in a hotel, you pay like $250 a night for the hotel. Exactly. Yeah. I thought there's no way I can afford to travel for long periods of time. Well, I went to Brazil and I ran into these people called millennials and they schooled schooled me. They told, they were like, no, why are you only here for six days? They were really upset when I told them that I had flown all the way to Brazil for six days, right? They were like, you know, you can quit your job. You can travel on savings and then you, you can get your job back. We'll be right back. Moving is right up there with death and divorce in the Stress Olympics. But fear not. Turn that box of woes into a crate of woes with moving tips in the Life Beyond Boxes podcast with Premium Q Moving. Dive into the world of hassle-free moves, learn tips and tricks to save on cash and your sanity. Say goodbye to those moving meltdowns and hello to the smooth sailings. Or should we say smooth movings? Tune into Life Beyond Boxes with Premium Q Moving on lifebeyondboxes.com or find us on your favorite podcast platform. And with us, unpack the secrets to a stress-free move. Wow. Now, were these local millennials, like Brazilian millennials, or were they from the States? No. Michael and Steven from San Diego. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So Michael and Steven said, look, 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 Steph, we, we need to have a talk about this. <laughs> wow. I stayed, I stayed in the house of a Brazilian family. It was during the World Cup. So it was my birthday, and it was also the World Cup. And a Brazil, I was in Salvador, in Bahia. And a family had turned their home kind of into a hostel slash group uh, guest house, you know, for that period of time. We were staying in the same house. And, you know, I was like, what is going on? You know, all these young, young, youngsters who don't have any more money than I do because they're staying in the same house I'm staying in. Right. Um, And they were like, yeah, we quit our jobs. We're in Brazil for three months. We're in Brazil for six months. You know, one was a waiter and one was an HVAC tech. Right. I'm like, oh. Wow. Right. <laughs> they were like, uh, 12, I'm, you know, we're, we're going to be here. We're spending about $1,200 a month. Oh. OMG. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think what, what, it, what happens is when you meet someone who shows you a different way, that can be your light bulb moment. You know, okay. sometimes, it, and really kudos to you, because sometimes people can have those moments and dismiss it like, oh, you know, it's because they're young. It's because, you know, whatever. You can come up with a myriad of things to kind of dismiss it. But you, it sounds like you leaned into it. And what it did do was spark a curiosity, a sense of curiosity. That's right. It's easy to say, but not for me, right? It's, it's, for, it's good for other people. I want to do it, but it's not for me. It's really easy to say that. But like, that's why I share information. That's why you share information to let people know that, yeah, no, you can do it in your particular situation. And here's an example, right? Here are 10 examples. Here are 50 examples, right? Yes. Join Krishan's group, you're going to see people doing things all different kinds of ways, living all over the world on all different kinds of budgets with all different kinds of differing abilities, right? And differing family situations that, you know, we just have to share. We just have to share information. I was not going to let this opportunity pass me by. I saw, I mean, I saw the advantage. I saw, I was, I had an advantage. I was, I had just turned 40. 
I had uh, no children that I had to take responsibility for. I had no man that I was going to have to go home and try to work on. We got to agree. Let's go to come to an agreement. I knew that I had advantages. I had healthy parents, right? So there are some advantages that I had that I thought maybe in two years and three years, I won't have these advantages, right? Mm. Maybe one day there will be some kids who are like, Ma, you can't go, right? Maybe. <laughs> That's true. Because when my kids were younger, they were like, uh, where, where are you going? <laughs> and now it's just like, you know, I hear from my son periodically. <laughs> he doesn't check in. And I was just like, you know, they go on with their lives. And I get it, you know, why people, you know, and then I'm not discounting, you know, family. I have a very huge family. But, but you know, you, you don't want to handcuff yourself to things. You want to be able to experience life while still paying respect, homage, you know, interact with your family and whatever family situation uh, you have going. You know, I'm looking forward to, you know, as I talk about on the show, you know, 2023, when my daughter goes to, to college, I will finally have a full empty nest. I have a half nest now, <laughs> but I'll have the full nest. But, you know, I think what, what I've learned, you know, through these conversations with wonderful people like you is finding different ways. And I can honestly say my Blackset path has evolved even from where I was when I launched the podcast to now. And that's largely because of the information that I get from each guest, every interaction in a group, it just feeds my sense of curiosity. And when you have knowledge, you have power. That's right. That's right. You, you'd be surprised how many people are on your side also, right? When you share what you're doing and what you're working towards, you also get a community of people who are like behind you, pushing you, you know, Yes. <laughs> who are yes. walking beside you even. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We don't have to feel like we have to. Nobody is starting from scratch in 2021. Right. We're not starting from scratch. We're not doing anything that nobody has done before. So it's, it's a wonderful it's wonderful to be able to open up and say, here's my dream mm-hmm. and have people be like, well, how can we help you on this dream? Yes. You know? That's the thing we get, we get kind of caught up in like, keep it, keep it a secret, you know, don't tell anybody. But the thing is to tell the right people because Mm. they're only going to, there's, there are some people out there who are only going to make things so much smoother for you and so much easier for you. Whereas if you're trying to do it on your own and do something you've never done before, it's going to be a little harder. So you have to find the right communities, find the right people to share your dream with who will help you get to that dream. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, now we have this wonderful community and I'm not just talking about Blacks at Global. I mean, the extended Black expat community. I find, you know, some of the, and especially in an area or a time period in our lives where we're being more socially distant and having a quarantine and all those things, that my circle has grown exponentially as a result of, you know, creating this platform and whether it's different groups, you know, within Blackset, because there, there are many groups and, you know, whether it be, you know, our friend Shar, who has the wonderful expat app, everybody has been so welcoming, so forthcoming with information. So to your point, regardless of whether or not you have support of your family and friends, you can get the support through community, which I think is really, really powerful. Mm-hmm. Please get support from community. Please do. Like, it's, it's important. I don't think there's anything that you can do, like if you don't know how to do something, I don't know how you get there without support from someone who, somebody else, right? If you're mm-hmm. doing something that you've never done before, you have to get support. There's, I don't, I can't think of anything in my life or anyone's life who I've seen, like they don't know how to do this, but they did it all on their own. No, that's not how you do it. You do it with, with the support of community. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So with that, you became a professional house sitter. Let's talk about house sitter within the context of house sitting school, because I know to your point about building community, you find information and then you have now packaged it and enabled other people to now dream a new dream and leverage house sitting as a real tangible way to support themselves in their life abroad. So tell me a little bit about that. When I heard about house sitting, first it was from like 21 year old Australian surfers, right? <laughs> right, <laughs> On, online. When you Google- You have such great adventures. <laughs> so 
I'm like, just Google. This is just from Google. This is just who Google showed me, right? When you mm -hmm. Google house sitting, you see a bunch of young kids, right? A young, you know, to me, a 21 year old is a kid. You see a bunch of youngsters out there house sitting, or you see 85 year olds, right? You see retired older people house sitting, and you definitely don't see black people house sitting. So I didn't know if it was going to work for me. It's, it sounded amazing. And then I did read a blog post from a woman who was in her thirties or forties at the time who was house sitting, a white woman. And I was like, okay, so maybe apply. I did put my profile up. I bought my membership and all of that. And I saw house sits that looked good. And I was just afraid to apply for a house sit because I was like, eh, they're not going to take me, right? I don't look like all the other house sitters. Even though I'm used to life as a black woman, that one thing was a thing where I was like, not for me, right? Like we mm -hmm. talked about, this is for other people. It's not for me. Even I had already paid them my money and everything. And so I just want to help ease people through. If you need a little help, house sitting, if you need a little help to get started, I just want to be there. I want to be the little bridge that helps you get over that little hurdle, right? That, you know, oh, but I'm nervous because it's okay. It's okay. So house sitter school just helps people get that first booking because seriously, mm. that's all you need. House sitting is a wonderful, genius way to see the world or to see your state or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it only takes one house sit. So I'm just gonna help you get that first house sit. After that, you are good right? You're wow. good to go. You're, you, the world is open to you. Wow. So for your first house sit, was it domestic or international? My first house sit was less than 10 minutes from my house. My, <laughs> my, I, I lived in, at the time I lived in Wilmington, Delaware, and the mm -hmm. house sit was in Wilmington, Delaware, and I could have walked there if I needed to. She, I was like, I, like I said, I was afraid to apply for house sits. She reached out to me. She had mm -hmm. a last minute Disneyland or Disney World emergency. At the last minute, she wanted to go to Disney World with her um, niece and nephew and sister-in-law and brother-in-law. And she was like, uh, can you come and house sit for me while I go to Disney World? I need somebody to take care of my cats. No problem. So that was my first house sit. Like, literally, I could have walked there. And, <laughs> and uh, that was it. I got to see what it was like, right? What's it like to stay in a stranger's home? Like, really, like, you're in her, I'm in her home. I'm, she didn't have a, her guest room was the cat's room. So mm. I had to sleep in her bed, right? What it's like to sleep in a, in a stranger's home, in a stranger's bed, use a stranger's kitchen, you know, all of that, all of that is new, was new to me at the time. But man, Krishan, I'm telling you, once I did that one house sit, that was it. I was like, I am now a house sitter, right? Whoa. Oh, no. <laughs> that no, was I'm it. You were sold. And then so you didn't have a challenge, like being able to take that one experience 10 minutes from your house and then, you know, having a stretch goal to go international, right? There was no trepidation. No, it was easy. Um, once you get the, so all you need, like, so there are platforms out there that match people who house sit with people who need a house sitter, right? Mm -hmm. On these platforms, you just need a five-star review. You just need to say, Krishan is reliable. She's dependable. She was, you know, she left my home like she found it. No problems. You'll be great, right? You'll be great if you book her, your, your cats will love her or whatever, you know, and that you just need one. You just need that first one. I got the first one and that was it. I'm like, where, who, who next? <laughs> where, <laughs> where can I go? Where can I go? Wow. So with the house it, you don't get paid, right? So for, I guess you've been a house sitter for how many years now? That was 2017. Wow. It, it might've been the end of 2016. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So I started, started out just doing, House sits, you know, every now and then, like up, not up, not every now and then, but I started doing house sits on the East Coast, up and down the East Coast. I've been full time, like year round house sitting since 2018. Wow. So when was the last time you had to pay like rent? <laughs> <laughs> so I quit my job in September of 2015. And that was the last time I paid a rent payment or mortgage payment or utility payment. Now. Oh. I have. So and I travel. I quit my job September 2015. I traveled for a year. I went back home to my mom and dad's house for 90 days uh, and worked and then quit again and traveled again. Uh, so I've done some sporadic stuff and I do pay for a place to stay in between house sits when I can't mm. get booked back to back or when I just don't feel like it. So right now I wanted to stay in Mexico. My house sit in Mexico ended on January 1st and I'm mm. still in Mexico. 
So I do pay when I feel like it, I do pay for a place to stay. So I'm in an Airbnb right now, but I haven't had like a responsibility, right? I haven't had a mortgage payment or a rent payment that I had to pay since uh, 2015, since fall of 2015. Mind blown because you just demonstrated the power of being a house sitter because one of the biggest expenses, regardless of where you live, is oftentimes shelter, right? So if you can either reduce or in your case, eliminate that cost, Mm -hmm. to me, it changes the whole equation in terms of how you evaluate your opportunity to live abroad and how much finances you have to, you know, either get started and get settled or, you know, take a chunk of money and live however long your money lasts. Because if you can eliminate that, then basically, and if you're like, you know, us, single women, then you're really only worrying about like food and, you know, cell phone plan, maybe. (laughs) That's it. It It opens up the world. You get to go where you want. Right. And so now secret is that there are house sits that I do get paid for. Right. So you book a house sit through trust through one of these platforms online. Those are unpaid. But you get enough clients who give you enough referrals. You can get paid for you know house sitting as well. But but when you take out the having to pay for accommodation. Right. And living in Delaware, when you take out having to pay for heating and air conditioning. right? Let me tell you, I mean, I did the math and I'm like, OK, I live in North Jersey <laughs> so in a two bedroom. And that is a whole lot of money. <laughs> a whole lot of money. I, so my at, at in wintertime, my electric bill in Delaware used to be three hundred dollars a month. I lived in an old, older, um, drafty house. I stayed in Vietnam once in a, in a newer guest house and I stayed at, that was $180 for the month. My entire rent was less than my electric bill in Delaware. Right. Wow. <laughs> that is crazy. Oh my gosh. Meanwhile, yeah. you know, I could live a, a couple of years abroad with what I pay <laughs> in expenses for the year. Right. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I can't wait till 2023 rolls around. Right. But it is, you know, like I said, when I was talking about how my Blacksit plan has evolved since starting, you know, the podcast and the group, you know, I would say you are a large part of that when I started learning about house sitting. Because again, it's like you break the paradigm, whatever construct or vision that you have, you're able to to play a different game, to think a different way. So now I'm taking a step back like, oh yeah, I want to go to this country or slow travel or whatever the case may be. But now I can do the financial, you know, rigor and exercise without really heavily factoring in house sitting because you've piqued my curiosity I definitely, and I've told you, I'm signing up for house sitter school. I'm ready to dive in. And so I hope everyone that listens to this episode really takes, you know, the information, of course, but to put it into action. Mm -hmm. So you also talked about, you know, you also fill in, if you will, by doing some paid house sitting, but you've also through your platform have, you know, really raised your social media profile Um, Can you talk a little bit about how you leverage social media to really amplify, you know, not only house sitter school, but some other opportunities? The my when people ask me, hi, Stephanie, nice to meet you. What do you do? I say as little as possible. This is one of the things that long term travel or leaving the U.S. in general for longer periods of time has has done. It shifted my idea on work and life. In the U.S., we're just told that we have that work is the is our life, right? During your good years, your life is about work. I reject that. I no longer feel like I have to do some so, some sort of work to live. I don't feel like I have to um, dedicate my whole life to work and then just squeeze in the good stuff, mm-hmm. right? I reject that. That's something that time out of the U.S. has shown me. You get to see other people. You're like, wait a minute. These Germans, these Germans have jobs and they're here for two months. Yes. Like (laughs) you have a job and you're traveling. I met, right. She was an epidemiologist 
from Germany. She was from a town in Germany that I've seen, um, Heidelberg, which is like, looks like a little fairy tale castle town, you know. I've, I know that town. And I was like, oh, wait, you have a job? Right? <laughs> like, yeah, we get three months of vacation in a year. Wow. Right? Or my job offers, my job, my job offers a uh, partially paid sabbatical or my job offer, you know, like, yeah. so you just need to see that there are places in the world and not, not bad places, places that are doing well, where they don't feel like your whole life has to be work. So you, that's not what you asked me, but this is the long, long, <laughs> long way around. No, no, it's great. It's great. So what I learned was that I could, I could do as little as possible. I could, like, I could live a life where I get to enjoy my day and my week and not just be counting down until, vaca until vacation. One of the ways that we can do that is by taking something that we already know and helping other people with that thing. So that's what I do on the internet. We have knowledge, we have wisdom, we have information in a time in the world where it's never been easier to share what you know with other people for money, right? You can be compensated for your skills, for your abilities. If you feel like your work does not respect you, because I, I am not anti-job, I'm, I'm anti the way jobs treat us, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> my problem isn't, my beef is not with jobs. My beef is with the way jobs treat us. If jobs treated me better, I would probably have a job today because you get a paycheck, you get coworkers, I miss coworkers, you know, but the, but right, they don't treat me right. You, you have to beg for the vacation time, you get sick or your family member gets sick and they want to hold a grudge against you. You take FMLA and they, you come back and they treat you like you're the worst person in the world. I take my talents <laughs> to the internet. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And that's where I think the power as someone who, you know, by profession, I'm a digital marketer, but that's where you can really leverage the power of social media to elevate your platform and use it as a way to provide information and resources to people. And like you said, you're able to then break free of this, it's like in the US, and I think you articulated much better than I, but we're so tied to our identity being associated with work and role. And in that, I believe it creates this dependency on that's where my value is. Yes, if yes. I'm not A, working or working in a role or field that people hold in high regard or some level of esteem or cachet mm -hmm. that diminishes who I am as an individual mm -hmm. when I would see and, you know, have seen when I've traveled and, and I'm sure you would feel the same way, people who have modest jobs or careers who live in comparison, by comparison, a much fuller and richer life yes. because they're able to enjoy what they're doing. They're able to enjoy time with family or enjoy what they're doing for, for money. Mm -hmm. But it's because they are able to then take that time to decompress whatever it is. I mean, we all feel better when we come back from vacation, right? right? But what you're suggesting is that doesn't have to be limited to twice a year or <laughs> for, yeah. for two weeks or a week or whatever you have allotted. You can have this opportunity what, at whatever age you're at, mm -hmm. enjoy yourself, be able to sustain yourself and still live the life of your dreams. That's right. That idea of your value being tied to your work is nothing but slavery. That's nothing but the fruit of the slavery tree. That is just, you are a valuable person when you do this work. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. you, can throw, you can throw that off. It's hard, I know, because we've it's 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 been generationally ingrained in us as Americans, not only as Black Americans, definitely as Black Americans, but as Americans in general, drilled into us from a very early age that your value is in the work you do and your value is in the prestige level of the work you do. Black women are told that we're valuable once we get to the brink of exhaustion, right? Yes. That's when we get praised. She's got eight kids and she's in dental school and she runs a bakery on the side and she helps feed homeless. This woman is, she's got one foot in the grave, right? Mm -hmm. Oh and yeah, yeah. Then we praise her and exalt her as being a valuable person. Mm, you that is powerful. 
you can reject that. You can reject it. It seems hard. I know it sounds hard, but somebody listening right now, you can, you are valuable without any contribution to the bottom line, right? Mm -hmm. You're valuable outside of the work that you do. I saw a tweet not too long ago. A woman said her therapist asked her, who are you outside of work and achievements? And she said she was thrown into a spiral. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Let me tell you, you leave the country long enough, you will learn. Mm -hmm. You will know, you will learn who you are outside of work, outside of achievements, outside of trying to gain value from these external things. It's a good feeling. It's I tell you, it's a good feeling to have free time and to be able to explore yourself, explore new stuff, do nothing. It's a good thing. And we're told that it's bad. We're told we're just, it's we're just told. This is wrong, right? It's not wrong. It's not wrong. And a lot of the world lives that way. Absolutely. Because I think, you know, what I've observed is one of the biggest stumbling blocks outside of money when people think about moving abroad is what what am I going to do for work? It's only when they're able to get information about becoming an entrepreneur, digital nomad, whatever, or just taking your money and relaxing, (laughs) like getting to know you isn't a bad thing. And, you know, I I agree completely with what you said in the U.S., you know, we're rewarded for being on that hamster wheel. And what I found is and observed is that through the pandemic, it has, especially in the beginning of the pandemic, when we were all forced to, to shelter in place, it gave a lot of people time to reflect and realize, is this hamster wheel serving me? Yes. Is this life that I thought that I wanted or someone told me I should have or my perception of my government and how it relates to my life? Like, are these things matching with what I've always believed? Mm-hmm. And so I find this time period as being an awakening to dream a different dream, get the information that you need, but also to look and get to know you, get to know what your likes and dislikes are, get clear about your why. Why do you want to move abroad? Yeah. And I think if you can accomplish those things, then it will serve you better on your journey. Yes. You can set up a life that feeds into those values and those things that you really want to prioritize. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can do it, right? You don't have to try to wait until, you know, some magical number that you hit. You don't have to try to squeeze in the good stuff. Yeah, you can do it. Yeah, I think that you're right that the this pandemic has has really opened people's eyes, right? From from basic things like I've been asking my job to to let me work remotely for years and now all of a sudden we can work remotely, right? Like there are people who have been begging for family reasons, for personal reasons, for their own mental health, for whatever reason. And all of a sudden their job was like, oh yeah, it was easy, right? It took a day for them to figure it out. Yeah. We're like, oh, my job did not respect me, right? This is a different, (laughs) this wasn't a a logistical issue. They just didn't treat, my job's not treating me well, right? Our government, right? We're saying, oh, my government can get money to people when they have to. Exactly. They didn't want to help us, right? They didn't want to help me. And then we're seeing how different places are handling things differently and so much better. We've been told that America was number one and America's not number one in anything. You can go and you can go to Vietnam, Vietnam, a communist country. Their Internet is cheap and fast. It will make you question, like, what are we doing in the United States? Take any train in Japan and you will uh, immediately you will know the U.S. is not (laughs) doing doing things right. Wow. Are so fast and so efficient and so clean and like. Once you get out of the U.S., you're like, oh, propaganda. Yeah. (laughs) It was all propaganda. Yeah. It's so funny. As I think back to my experience when I did that trip to New Zealand, I got on the the subway there and I'm like, wow, they have subway. And it was so clean. And then when I took the metro when I was in Paris, you know, how efficient it was and just things that just make sense. They're logical. (laughs) And then I 
think, and I like scratch my head, but I had that experience in my 20s when I went to Canada for the first time and some of the things that they had from transportation. And I'm like, oh, this makes so much sense. And just now, like 20 some odd years later, we start finally starting to get to it in the U.S., and I am just at this point in my life, you know, I've had, I've had it. I'm fed up in some ways, but kind of reservedly optimistic. <laughs> but at the same time, I think when I think about the other countries, that other countries are now, you know, the whole world has been impacted by the pandemic. But I think some countries are being very thoughtful in recognizing that while they have had an economic impact because of the pandemic, they're also seeing the opportunity with everyone working from home and now coming up with different visa schemes that can support people and being nomadic, you know, whether it's, you know, digital nomads or people who have a job that is remote and can be based in another country. And so again, I think one of the things that I would encourage everyone to do is, you know, whether it's the Blacks of Global Group or whatever fits your spirit, find the information, multiple sources of information even, but look and research all the resources that are out there because these things are changing on a daily basis, but it's so many more opportunities than there were a year ago, two years ago, that you can really live the life of your dreams, intentional. Mm-hmm. unapologetic and on purpose. Absolutely. Absolutely. Some things that you don't even realize that you want for yourself, right? The li- a life that is even beyond your dreams, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Stuff that you don't even know that you want that is possible for you just because, you know, different countries are different. <laughs> the world yeah. is different. I talked to Penniless in Paris on, in- on Instagram. She said her copay, she's, she lives in France. She has a job. She works, lives and works in France. Right. Mm. But the French um, healthcare system is social. Right. They have yes. social medicine. Uh, her copay is 12 euros. Oh, my gosh. Twelve euros. <laughs> I was like, do you just go to the doctor every week? Like, hey, exactly. What's like, I broke today? the nail. <laughs> <laughs> What's the complaint today? Nothing, really. I just want to see what y'all were doing. It's only twelve dollars. I thought I would stop in. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to see how you were doing. It, it's so interesting, but it changes. I think it changes not only your perception of your place in the world, it changes in my mind your relationship to other people in the world. Yeah. And, you know, I, I definitely have been open about my criticism in, in Americans in general, and I hate making broad statements, but I think this one is safe, <laughs> not being global citizens. And so I think when you can not feel like everything is either against you or see that there are services that are there to support you as a human being because you've either paid into it, you're a human, you're in need, whatever that is. I think it changes your optimism, your relation with the world, your relation with the environment, which we're all facing regardless of where you live in the world. I just feel like I'm more, at least for myself when I travel, I am way more connected to all of the things. You know, I I find myself literally at times, I'll hug a tree. (laughs) And I see myself and I'm from the Bronx originally. And I'm like, who is this woman? (laughs) Uh I've had the similar, I've had a similar change. So Stephanie Perry before did not care for strangers. I would never know that. I would never know. know. No, if I don't know you, I don't need to know you. Don't stop me. Don't try to have a conversation. Don't definitely don't ask me a question. Don't ask me to help you with anything. Right. That's (laughs) who I thought I was. It's really just like who you become to adapt to your current environment, right? So I lived in, even though we're from Delaware, I grew up in Ohio in a very white place. So, you know, I just grew up in a place where I couldn't trust my so-called friends, right? Because you never know when you walk out of the room and you walk back in the room, what is she really calling you, right? (laughs) Or in there. Uh huh. Kids, because kids learn very early to take advantage of Black people, you know, that Black Mm -hmm. people are here to do the work for them. So I just very early on learned just 
don't deal with people. <laughs> don't deal. And it didn't just, you know, just anybody, strangers. They're, they're strangers. I don't deal with them. Well, it turns out when I'm in a different environment, when I don't have those out and out racist acts or small mic or microaggressions against me, it turns out I kind of like strangers. <laughs> I like it. I've been all over the world and had people just stop and carry on a conversation with me. I've had people invite me to meals and I say yes. Like that is not the Stephanie Perry that I used to be. Yeah. But you are a different person in a different environment when you have different, a lack of triggers, right? Or a different, different stimuli, or I don't know, different, you know, in a different environment, you can be a different person and you don't even know. Like, I didn't know that this person was in there. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't know, right? Yeah. I, it just happened. It just happened. I spent enough time in a place where I didn't have to feel guarded all the time. Uh, maybe I healed, maybe there was PTSD that I healed from, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and boom, I talk to strangers now. I help people. If you ask me a question, I'm gonna stop and help you because mm-hmm. I've had strangers all over the world stop me and help me. Strangers all over the world have taken time out of their day to help me, a, a stranger, mm-hmm. for no reason, with no gain, nothing to gain, right? We're told, and this is another US messaging thing that the others are danger, right? That the others are the enemy, that they are others in, to begin with, right? We, sure. Even the fact that they're others uh, is, is just a U.S. thing. There are people out there who are just like, oh, there's a person who I can help with something. Yes. Let's, <laughs> let's help her. I had a woman in a bus station just sit with me to make sure I got on the right bus. In oh, the wow. She was in the Philippines. She had dropped her husband off from work, off to work. He worked in the bus station. And I don't remember why there was a reason that she thought I was going to get on the wrong bus. And I kept telling her, you know, and it had the number. Because I think what happened was I asked her which on the ticket, which one was the bus number. Right. And which one was the seat number. So I asked her that and she was like, oh, OK, well, let me explain this to you. She didn't really. speak. So in the Philippines, a lot of people speak English, but she didn't really speak English, but she kind mm. of did. So we sat there. And of course, I don't speak any any Philippine language, not Tagalog, not anything. Not mm-hmm. Cebuana, nothing. So I'm sitting there. So she just sat there and waited with me until the bus came and pointed. And then when the bus came, oh she pointed. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is so cool because, you know, like you said, she didn't have to do it. And then you were able to allow yourself to, to release the armor, right? We all have this, like, you know, like you said, guarded armor, whatever, mm-hmm. however you language it. But when you're able to take that off, and I feel like it's a, like a weight probably lifted off of your shoulder in a lot of ways, I think that's what is the addictive quality of travel, yes. you know, is even when you become an expat and sometimes people think, oh, I just have to settle in this one country. You don't, you can go anywhere. <laughs> you can go to multiple countries. Mm-hmm. But when you're, when you're able to do that, I think that's where it ignites this love and desire of seeing the world, having different experiences and different perspectives and being, like I said, I talked about being a global citizen, but I think that's the richness of being able to see with your own eyes, humanity in a different way. Mm -hmm. It's such a gift. Yeah. I'm sad for the person who doesn't know that feeling. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I I encourage people to do it. And I, you know, for the people that are ready, we are here. (laughs) And for the people who are not ready, it may not be for you or it may not be for you right now. Mm -hmm. But either way, we're still going to be here. We're still going to be sharing information and we're still going to be encouraging people to lean into that in order to not just be alive, but to thrive. Thrive. Yes. So with that, Stephanie, as we close, where can people find you? You can find me on YouTube. My YouTube channel is good. Okay, so got, <laughs> I, that ch- it's, I got good info on that channel. If you're plan, if you want to plan a sabbatical, if you want to plan a move abroad, if you just if you want to house it, right, house it internationally, you want to house it locally, right, wherever. That I have good info on that channel. It's just Stephanie Perry. You can go to YouTube.com/slash Stephanie Perry. You'll find me. Okay, watch those videos. That's helpful information. So add this to your after you listen to the podcast, come over to YouTube. Yes, yes. And I will link to this in the show notes so you don't have to travel far. You can just open it up, click on it, and you will be in Stephanie's world. 
It's good info. There are people like Krishan. There pe- there's people like me who are sharing what we know, right? Because we, she said it already. We don't want you to just observe. If you want to do it, and you're probably listening to this podcast because you want to do it. If you want to do it, we want you to do it. We want to help you get there. So fi- find me on YouTube. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Vicarious. Picked the name Vicarious for my blog years ago because it was about people being able to vacation vicariously through me. I don't like that anymore. I don't want you to vacation vicariously through me. I want you to go. I think I've made that clear. (laughs) I want you to go for yourself. But it's I'm vicarious on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook also. Come over and holler at me. But seriously, take some steps. Like, take a step. If you don't know what the first step is, ask. Find somebody who's doing what you want to do and ask them what's the first step. You're you're probably in Blacks at Global. You're probably in Krishan's community. Ask somebody. Look at, look, look around. See who's where you want to go or doing what you want to do and ask them, what is the first step? That's it. Like, that's it. Next thing you know, you're on the way, right? That's all I did when Michael and Steven from San Diego said, we're here for three months. I was like, how, Sway? Please (laughs) tell me, what is the first step? And they were like, well, you need to figure out the budget. You can find, you need to find places where you can travel on $40 a day, right? That was the first step. How? How do I do it? Mm-hmm. Do it. To find, take that first step. You'll be surprised at how much information is out there. You'll be surprised at how easy it is to put this into place in your own life. And you'll be surprised how easily you can adapt it to your family situation. There are people traveling with school-aged kids that full-time. There are people who have black-sitted with school-aged kids or babies or whatever you have. I don't know what else you could have. <laughs> spouses, I guess. Spouses, pets, partners, all of that, right? Yeah intergenerational travel, people traveling with older parents, right? There are people who have blacksited with your situation, people with uh, illnesses and, you know, chronic illnesses, right? Find somebody who is doing that thing that you want to do and ask them what that first step is. Uh, That's homework. Okay. So you have homework from this session. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Homework. I love it because it's really about putting one foot in front of the other and then the other, and then the other. And that will lead you down the path. It's not standing still. It's not being a passive participant in your life. It's you being an active participant in building a life that you love by design and not default. I love it. I love it. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie, for being a guest on the Blacks of Global podcast. I love, 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 love talking to you. And for listeners, I will be linking everything about Stephanie in the show notes. We will also have an upcoming masterclass that Stephanie will deliver to help you get started on your house sitting exploits and journeys. And so, Stephanie, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. My pleasure, Krishan. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Blacksit Global Podcast. For more information on today's episode, be sure to visit our website at blacksitglobal.com. Has this episode left you feeling inspired to begin your journey, but not quite sure where to start? Download our free guide with the top five questions you need to ask before planning your Blacksit. You can find that under the resources tab of our website. Remember, it's not only possible to live out your dreams unbothered and in full color, it is your birthright. Are you trying to sort out health plans, banking, VPN, and other connectivity for your move abroad? Well, have no fear. We've got you with the Move Abroad Starter Kit. Get yours today at blacksitglobal.com resources. That's blacksitglobal.com resources.